In today's episode, Dr. Cashy expands on the definition of self to get a better understanding of what, in a practical sense, the self means. And once we have an understanding, we can start getting to curing that pesky self-esteem disease, then take advantage of some 15 characteristics of the self to get you more of what you want and avoid all sorts of other crappy stuff. Roll the intro! Hello, and welcome to Coffee with Cashy. I'm your host, Dr. Trevor Cashy, drinking things out of order. <laughs> uh, the previous lesson, we're continuing on with all this stuff, by the way. The previous lesson contained a quick and dirty explanation of the self, or ego, for all you Freudian lovers out there, uh, using Dr. Cashy's bias of humanistic philosophies supposedly. Okay. Today's lesson expands on that definition of self to get you a better idea of what yourself really is. Hmm. Okay. If you know that, then you're in a better position to leverage the 15 characteristics to get you more of what you want and avoid all that other crappy stuff. Because it turns out about 15 things make up your self. And cure yourself of the self-esteem disease and foster some gosh darn self-respect thusly. Okay? To that end, throw down a hashtag self. That is today's hashtag. Throw down a hashtag self if you'd like to know more about yourself so that you can have the solution for taking advantage of all your strengths and overcoming frustrations and obstacles that block yourself, which means you can actually make your desires a reality. <laughs> a little bit of background here. Uh, actually, but first... Uh, Ultra quick review of the self from the last lesson. This thing is gnarly. We're gonna revisit it, okay? So here's what we here's what we know. Here's what we know. In quotes. One, you exist. Two, you are living. You have a beating heart. And this is your humanity, okay? Practically speaking, your humanity is permanent. Three, you have awareness at some level of yourself and of your environment and you make decisions based on that perceived awareness. Three and four, this is your uniqueness. You might call it something like personality. This is practically modifiable as opposed to humanity, which is practically permanent, all right? So, humanity plus personality makes a person. A person, your person, your personality plus your humanity makes the self, okay? Yourself. This is why the rating the rating, which is the esteem part of self-esteem, uh, is absurd. Uh, when you esteem yourself, which is pretty much what it is, with a negative or a positive label, then you are placing a single value on all four of these infinitely interactional characteristics at once, based on a single event you perceived at the time as good or bad. Because logic? Because logic. Sure, okay. <laughs> With that quick review out of the way, Dr. Cashy's college try, this is Dr. Cashy's college try to try and define the ego or self in a characteristically legitimate way. This should help you uh, on a philosophical level, help you cure your self-esteem disease, allowing for self-respect to take its place. This is deep and this is gnarly. Notes are good. Revisiting this later is good. This is, this is cool stuff, <laughs> okay? Uh, the SRO model in particular assumes two innate desires of the self. Humans desire two innate things. One, staying alive, okay? Staying alive on purpose. This is essentially your humanity, okay? And two, having a halfway decent time while staying alive. 
This is your personality portion, okay? <laughs> and assuming you agree, then you may have a valid ego or self or whatever, uh, which the SRO philosophy structures the self in the 15 following ways. We're just gonna go whoosh, right down the list. Lots to cover, super cool. Okay, first one, number one, if you are alive, then your self, humanity plus personality, exists. If you are dead, then your self, as you currently understand it, becomes extinct. Mm. This is debatable, of course, but that's the way she goes, okay? So yourself is existing as you are alive, and if you die or when you die, your self is now extinctified. Number two, yourself, humanity plus personality, exists in technical separation of and has a practical integration with other selves, other humans, other people. This means that you are an individual purposefully interacting with other individuals because of possibly practical necessities or whatever. This implies the dangers of self-identifying, which is another way of self-rating globally. For example, if you have kids and say, I'm a parent, which is a global label, okay, then you're saying your personality is technically integrated with the personalities of other parents. As such, your self extinguishes when reality conflicts with that label. For instance, instance within an instance, your children grow up and move out of the house. You indubitably lose your sense of self. Indubitable. Yes. The indubitable glass. You indubitably <laughs> right? lose your sense of self. Oh, with your personality, okay? With your personality extinguished, you're only left with your humanity. You become a shell. This is called empty nest syndrome. Ah, okay. Same thing happens with big career swaps. I am a lawyer, and then that lawyer gets fired, and now what are you, okay? Uh, or people that play sports. I am an athlete, and then you get injured, and you're too handicapped to do anything, and then you're what, right? You're a worthless piece of crap, since you are no longer an athlete, right? When, this, when those things stop, then their sense of self stops with it. And that creates all sorts of disturbances. Uh, the philosopher Alfred Korzybski calls this the eyes of identity, right? Maybe you've seen this or experienced such interactions, okay? With these global ratings, that's what that is, okay? Number three, your, your humanity is equal to that of other humans in that you exist and you are alive. Your personality is different from other humans because you learn different things and do different stuff. Your humanity is equal, your personality is unique. Therefore, you have innate uniqueness. Do you see why global ratings are distorted here? People that rate others practically always rate themselves. If, if a group of people are stupids, you could use politics, red and blue is a good example here, okay? If a group of people are stupids, then you are saying they are all the same. If you call yourself stupid, then you are saying you are the same as all the other people you call stupid. That's literally what that means. In your entirety, you are the same as all of the other people you call stupid. <laughs> A dubious way to program your way of living, huh? Hmm. Okay. Four. You have intellectual awareness. You think about what your ex you think about you think stuff about your experiences. You have that's what intellectual awareness is in this context. You think about your experiences. You have awareness of what you are thinking. So this is something like, what do I think about the stuff I am thinking? <laughs> in, in other words. Yourself has persisting awareness, also known as self-awareness. This is why in death, the self is extinct in the context of the above notes, okay? 
Number five, your perceptions of the world and what you do about the, that awareness is to some degree a matter of choice. Since you learn new things and do different stuff over time, this means that when you look at three and four, your personality, since you do have choice, that means your personality changes over time and it will. However, even though your personality changes over time, what you're aware of and the decisions you make, you are still you, okay? Until you go extinct, all right? So number six, your personality changes as you exist based off of what you perceive and what you do about it. And since that includes a large degree of choice, this means that you can change your personality. You can change your personality to some degree on purpose, ah, with purpose. You can and do plan for the future, right? To that end, that also means you're planning your future self. Oh, pocket that, reference it, preferably integrate it into your personality. And in all likelihood, you will extract tremendous benefit from it. Okay, based on that previous point, number seven, which is now number seven, now is the seventh point. Okay, previous point was six. You can and do plan for your future self, even if you think you're planning for other things, you're planning for your future self. This means that by default, you have the ability to change the personality, three and four, change the personality of the current self. How? Well, you have to change now so that you can be changed later. Mm. Therefore, you have control over the self, also known as self-control. Oh, okay, getting somewhere now. Number eight, since you can think about your thoughts, I like this thing. This thing feels good. What do I think about that? Well, I like feeling good. <laughs> this means that effectively, you store information about thoughts and experiences for your reference at later times. Oh yeah, I like feeling good. I'll do that thing again. You may have heard this described as things like memory and remembering and learning. <laughs> to that end, you can leverage your power of choice and self-control when remembering your memories and use those memories in service of better changing your current self to get more of what you want now and in the future. Hmm, interesting. Number nine, this means that effectively, you can arrange your life if you so choose because you can plan and act in the future to have more of the stuff you want and avoid or mitigate much of the rest of the stuff on purpose, with purpose. <laughs> Number 10. You leverage your self-awareness, sometimes, to audit what you think, your attitude, and what you do about it. So you can also leverage your self-control and power of choice above your self-awareness to take a step further and dynamically adjust your thinking, attitudes, and actions. If maybe you start drifting away from what you want and refocusing them, or choosing to change directly in directions entirely because you want something else. Number 11, one, one, 11. <laughs> Since you can learn, have the power of choice, have self-control and plan for the future, you have influence over your probability of success. A higher probability of success is a greater level of confidence. That's what that means. Thus, you have the power to create confidence of self, also known as self-confidence. Ah! Therefore, high self-confidence means you're aware of your ability to increase the probability of getting what you want and choosing to use that ability. Oh, how crazy is this stuff? This stuff is so crazy. <laughs> Number 12. You can choose to live moment to moment, mainly seeking quick and easy gratification and act impulsively with poor future planning and execution, 
or you can choose to live rationally, striving to notice and maximize good moments as they come versus frantically trying to seek them out so that you can live and plan in the moment, which means you have a satisfying future in mind, thus increasing your self-confidence, the probabilities of getting what you want later. Number 13, you can choose to have pragmatic associations with value, such as money, pleasurable experiences, learning new things, eliminating frustrations, creating more convenience. These are pragmatic associations with value. These are things that make sense to be valuable to you, to rate them as it were, okay? What sounds better to you? A global distorted and absolute demand associated with value. I must have a perfect and easy life, act perfectly and be treated perfectly or else I am stupid and worthless and everything is a disaster, and I can't stand it, itis. So I'll chronically overeat out of frustration, thus proving I am stupid and worthless, strengthening my distorted demand for a perfect life, making me even easier to upset and more likely to overeat in response to the next inevitable frustration. <laughs> or a rational and flexible preference associated with value. I prefer to do the things I like to do and how I like to do them, when I like to do them. And I know that means learning, planning, working, and dealing with annoying stuff to get there. <laughs> okay, which one sounds better? Which one sounds more realistic? Which one is gonna help you more? More importantly, most importantly, all right? Number 14, number 14, you can choose to respect yourself Back to self-respect, okay? You can choose self-respect, analyzing your decisions and outcomes as they are, as positive, getting you closer to what you want, and as negative, pushing you further from what you want. You can do this, you can choose self-respect, even if other people choose to rate you as a person globally. If you screw something up, if you make a mistake, another person say, you're, you're a stupid dummy head, you're a mistake. And you can choose to integrate that self-rating as your own, or you can choose self-respect and say, I did a stupid thing, therefore I can make a change and do a smarter thing next time to get a positive rather than a negative result, also known as the resilience response, okay? So you can do this even if other people choose to rate you globally. You can still choose to rate, your, rate what, you, what you do and the outcome separately than yourself. You make mistakes. <laughs> That's different than being a mistake. If other people say otherwise, then they are indeed also making a mistake. And that is their frustration to deal with. Why? Because if they are globally rating you, then they are <laughs> indubitably globally rating themselves. And when they end up doing something silly and screwing up later, they'll beat themselves up really bad about it, which they will, and they do. Also something to keep in mind, if somebody, when somebody globally rates you, calls you a globally negative or even positive thing, you did a smart thing versus you're a freaking genius or you did a dumb thing, you're a freaking idiot, okay? You best restrain yourself from globally rating them because they globally rated you. Oh, you think I'm a stupid dummy head? Well, you're a stupid dummy head because that's really how most uh, adult interactions end up happening. 
<laughs> that's how most adult interactions end up happening. And what happens? Both people get eternally frustrated. Why? Because global rating decreases frustration tolerance. What happens then? Well, then you have negative and destructive outcomes, which then whoosh, start the SRO cycle all over again. And now you know how the SRO cycles interact with each other interpersonally. Oh, it's absurd. It's crazy. I love it. <laughs> I love this stuff. Okay. Okay. Self-respect includes analyzing your decisions and your outcomes instead of yourself. To fully realize this or to make it easier to integrate it, then you'd better focus on the respect going outwardly as well. So your self-respect also becomes other respect. And if you're having issues with self-respect, then exercising other respect will help you to reintegrate the self or integrate the self-respect values as well. Okay. To analyze their decisions and their outcomes instead of their personhood in its entirety. Doing one makes you better at the other. And if you're crappy at one, you're cr probably crappy at the other one too. Okay. And number 15, the last one, yourself is unique and also part of a larger social structure. The social structure heavily influences and even originated your belief system, much of your belief system, your thoughts and thought patterns, your attitudes and your urges, the things that you want to do because of your belief system and thoughts and your attitudes. Okay. Yourself, practically speaking, includes social hood uh, because it must practically coalesce with the social rules of living. So your survival and happiness is worth striving for. And so is everybody else's in that regard. So there's some interaction there that you best account for when making decisions and thinking ahead and acting in your own self-interest uh, to make sure that, you know, you are doing things that are good for you and you are also acting within, within the, the practical rules in the, the structure you are currently integrated in. And if that is an option where you can change it, well, maybe that's, that's, for, another, that's for another cup of joe, okay? <laughs> so to summarize here, uh, today's lesson expanded on the definition of self to get you a better idea of what your self really is and esteem is conspicuously absent as part of the definition of self. Okay, <laughs> pocket all of these things so that if you can, if you choose, you can, you can leverage these 15 characteristics to get more of what you want and avoid all that other crappy stuff to cure yourself of the self-esteem disease and foster some gosh darn self-respect. Hmm. So throw down a hashtag self. If you think this made sense that if you realized these traits, you could get more of what you want and less of that other stuff with no strings attached like self-esteem. Okay. Until next time. Want to continue having coffee with Dr. Cashy? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is very much appreciated. Thank you, and see you next week. Dr. Cashy is out! <laughs>